All right. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach business and uh, pop culture lessons using, um, excuse me, business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. I'm all tongue-tied, y'all. Thank you, Zephyrina. Um, if you are wondering who I am, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show, and I am the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself set up your business paperwork. So if you need things that, um, if you need things like getting your business registered with the state, getting EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, getting your contracts together, making sure you have operating agreements, having your hiring policies in place, and basic brand protection strategies. I'm your girl. If you're wondering why I'm qualified, I'm a licensed attorney, having one for 14 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I am very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but so many of you have amazing business ideas. And if you're going to be successful in business, business. There are just some concepts that you need to know. There's no way around it. All right. So that's why I'm here. Um, and we got Mohammed, my friend here, um, that we are beautiful people proud that we are Africa. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, thank you, Smith Legal Solutions. Uh, but yes, so that is, uh, what I, what I do. If you want to get in contact with me so you can get your business life together, make sure your paperwork is in order. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. That is the only link in my bio on Instagram and it is all over my page on Facebook. When you go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, there you're going to be able to set up a free 15 minute consultation if you are a first time client. Okay. So a whole 15 minutes with me. Um, then you'll also be able to download my free biz launch cheat sheet. That is, this is a PDF document that is going to help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. Okay. But if you're past that point and you're like, I already know what I'm doing. I need to move on to the next step. We need to make some concrete moves. Um, you also have the biz launch, uh, excuse me, business startup basics video training. Uh, that you can pick up for $59. The Business Startup Basics video training is going to take you through the nuts and bolts of uh, setting up your business properly. You know, how do you do an EIN number? Where are you supposed to go? Uh, what do you need a DUNS number for? What are, what are you looking for in a contract? It is the building blocks to becoming an entrepreneur and you want to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row when you start in business. It's easier to set things up right now than to go back and fix it, especially when there's other people's money involved. Okay. But that's enough about me. Let's get to the show. If for some reason you are new, but I think that we have a lot of home people today. Hello, Eastside Dre. Here's how the show works. I pull stories that you guys have suggested to me that I have found from different sources. Um, and I find, I pull the ones that have lessons that we can learn as entrepreneurs and we talk about them. Um, this is a conversation. This is not just me talking at you. I love when you guys talk to me. That makes the show so much more fun. I don't like talking to myself because it makes me look crazy. So feel free to drop your comments, your questions, as long as they are respectful. All right. Uh, and we are going to get started because we have spent a lot of time in the intro, but it was much needed. Um, for those of you who came in a little late, I do, um, uh, you know, urge that you do go back and watch the beginning of the live because there's some important information in there that I think you should have. And just my two cents on what's every, everything that's been going on 
You, if you watch the show with any regularity, you know that I was not on last night. I just did not have it in me, and I addressed, you know, those things um, at the be- very, very top of the show. But let's get into our stories, okay? First story, oh, you're like, oh, thank you, Zephyrina. Zephyrina's always, like, bigging me up. She's telling me I look gorgeous all the time. Thank you, boo. Um, all right. So, uh, first story that we are talking about tonight, how many of you guys have a Netflix subscription or access to somebody's, it's cool girl, or access to somebody's Netflix subscription? (laughs) You got somebody's login. If you have a a Netflix subscription, give me an N in the comments, okay? Um, If you have a Netflix subscription, give me an N in the comments, Mason1959. Or if you have somebody's login, give me an N in the comments. I've been using my sisters for several years. (laughs) Thank you, Smith Legal Solutions. We all know Netflix, you know, they, um, they do movies, they do shows. Thank you, AP Jackson. All right. Um, how many of you guys, uh, how many of you guys watch the documentary, uh, burlesque heart of the glitter tribe. So, uh, Netflix recently, uh, Netflix does documentaries really well. And they did one recently on burlesque, um, called heart of the glitter tribe. And, um, not only Netflix, but this documentary was also, uh, distributed to Amazon and Apple. Has anybody watched this burlesque documentary? Give me a yes or no in the comments. I personally have not watched it. Okay. Um, why am I asking if you've watched this burlesque documentary? Uh, I'm asking you because, uh, in this documentary that Netflix, you haven't watched Zephyrina, in this documentary that Netflix has in their queue, as well as Amazon and Apple, um, there is the use of eight seconds of a song called Fish Sticks and Tater Tots. And this is originally a children's song. Thank you, AP Jackson about, you know, having kids being excited about lunch in the cafeteria. Thank you, Open Arms Cleaning. Okay, so nobody's watched this documentary. That's cool. I haven't watched it either, okay? So there's a children's song called Fish Sticks and Tater Tots, and on its face, it's a song about, you know, kids being excited about going to the cafeteria and what's for lunch. But they use eight seconds of this song in the documentary. It's part of a routine for someone who's doing a reverse mermaid routine. So, um, the, the creators of this song, Fish Sticks and Tater Tots, they sued Netflix, Amazon, and Apple for, um, for, for allowing the use of this song in the documentary. Now, mind you, there was only eight seconds of the song, uh, and, and the way that the song was presented It was a presentation of a mermaid being eaten. So that was how the song was being interpreted, right? Um, So the the creators of the song, Tamita Brown, Glenn Chapman, and Jason Chapman, they sued Apple, Amazon, and Netflix for copyright infringement because they used the song. And the judge in this case said that um, there is no case here that this is actually fair use and Netflix, Amazon, and Apple are not at fault. The judge said, hey, they only used eight seconds of the song, and it's not like they were basing their documentary around your song. It was just a clip being used to show someone's performance that was obviously a parody. 
But these uh, songwriters, they came back and said, but they took the heart of this song. You know, they used the most important part in the, um, in the, in the documentary, and the judge still said no. So I want to know from you guys, because this case has already been settled. Apple, Amazon, and Netflix, they can, you know, show this documentary. They don't have no problems. But do you think the judge got it right? Do you think that this eight-second clip of a song that was used in a parody form, do you think that um, it was fair use, or do you think that the original songwriters have a claim? Remember, this was used in a documentary on burlesque, and, you know, burlesque, they take things and they kind of give it, you know, a certain flair. Um, So, is this song, is the use of eight seconds of this song enough for a copyright infringement claim? What do you think, yes or no? Because the judge said no. And I'm going to give you my opinion. I think the judge totally got it right because I'm even thinking just on social media, even on, you know, Instagram or Facebook, they give you like 30 seconds or something before they shut you down, but you're only using eight seconds of this song. To me, it's not a big deal. Um, Zephyrina said, this is what I've been wondering about TikTok. A lot of songs out there from different artists. Yes, and I actually read an article the other day that these social media sites, they're causing a lot of copyright issues. Um, so I think these are, these are cases that we're going, that we're going to see down the line, particularly as social media, um, platforms become more involved. Sincere39 said, I think there is enough for a copyright claim. Why do you think there is enough for a copyright claim, Sincere39? It's only eight seconds. And it's not like they were like, ooh, come look at these songs that these children's, you know, songwriters have done. It was part of someone else's routine and they were shooting that routine for a documentary. They, um, at least that, that, that is the way that I look at it. Why do you think there is enough for a copyright claim? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And we have another Netflix story coming up right after that. Sincere39 said they always go after rappers for using small segments of a song. You know what? You're absolutely right. However, but um, again, those are songs. And a lot of times the rappers, they're using those little bits as loops. Think about, you know, um, you, you might use a snippet but a lot of these uh, hip-hop beats, they, you know, they loop them, right? They go over and over. So you're using this small piece as the basis for the beat of your song, right? Um, Zephyrina said, wouldn't they have to give the songwriter credit in the credits? Um, I, I have not watched the documentary, so I don't know if credit was given, but nothing of that was mentioned in the article, so I'm going to assume that they did not give credit, because I'm, if it's a documentary, and I'm going, and I'm shooting your routine that you're playing, I'm not necessarily, they, they just might not have thought of it, I, the, the person who was shooting, because we know Netflix doesn't necessarily shoot these themselves, Netflix buys a lot of stuff from other people, or they throw money at you to go shoot it yourself, right, so, I would have to actually look at the credits to see if the song was given, uh, you know, if they gave credits for the song in, um, in the credits. Um, yeah, but going back to Sincere 39, I think that the, the, the difference between the rapper's songs is that a lot of times when they use those snippets of songs, they use them to build the beat of their song. It is the cornerstone of that beat. 
And that's where, you know, the problem comes. In this documentary, it was an eight-second clip that was not, you know, it wasn't the focal point of the documentary, or at least that was the way that I interpreted it, okay? All right. But, um, so we're going to move on to our, to our next case rather quickly because, again, this one involves Netflix. So n- none of you saw the burlesque documentary. How many of you watched the, um, the documentary Messiah? If you watch the documentary Messiah, uh, please give me an M in the comments. And for those of you who don't know, the documentary Messiah was um, about, it was documenting, you know, the conditions at detention centers, uh, partic- immigration det- detention centers. Okay, Zephyrin, you get it? Awesome. Yeah, so if you saw the documentary Messiah, give me an M in the comments, okay? Um, now... Again, Netflix does documentaries very well. Uh, but again, this is another documentary that I have not watched and I'll have to put it on my list. Uh, but during this documentary about, you know, the conditions of immigration detention centers, Netflix used the logo of, um, a company called Geo Group. Um, now Geo Group, they operate uh, a number of United States prisons and detention centers. So they are, um, a corporate corrections, uh, company. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a private, it's a private prison. They run private prisons. Um, now, uh, and Netflix used their logo in some of their scenes when, um, they were showing squalid conditions and the mistreatment of the detainees in these detention centers. So Geo Group sued Netflix for, um, uh, Geo Group sued Netflix for trademark infringement because they used Geo Group's logo in the documentary. And, you know, they're, and they're tarnishing Geo Group's brand. Now keep in mind, Geo Group has other lawsuits because, uh, they've been sued by actual prisoners because, um, they have paid them for low minimum wages and prisoners don't even get paid a lot. So how much were they paying them anyway? Um, but yes, so geo group is suing Netflix for using their logo in their documentary about private detention centers and the bad conditions inside. So this case has not been decided yet. Okay. Um, and Geo Group, they said, you know, the, these conditions, they're totally wrong. They gave pictures showing that, you know, their, their, their detention centers have playgrounds and places for kids to hang out and toys and games and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, hold on, there's a poor connection on Instagram. Okay, here we go. We're back. But the fact of the matter is um, that the documentary Messiah is pretty much negative about the immigration, uh, about the conditions of immigration detention centers. So do you think that Geo Group has a valid claim for trademark infringement because Netflix used their logo in their documentary about private detention centers, right? What is that fair use for them to, to show the, what company owns this private detention center? Or are they tarnishing the reputation of GeoGroup? So is it fair use or are they slandering? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? 
8. Zephyrina said, hmm, she's putting her thinking cap on. Zephyrina thinks it's fair use. I totally think it's fair use too. Like, um, documentaries, they are meant to provide information for Smith Legal Solutions said fair use. And Smith Legal Solutions would know because the girl is a trademark attorney. You smart girl. Um, yes. Um, but, you know, in a documentary, you are providing information to the public. Now, it may be do- information that is skewed to your, you know, worldview. However, this is information that is pretty re- readily available. It's you, it's you, um, but as a company, Geo Group, your, your, um, High Violet Owl Creations, your logo is out there in the world already. There's nothing slanderous in saying this facility is owned by Geo Group. AP Jackson, well, no, that was another thing. There's nothing, there is nothing slanderous about saying, hey, this company owns this, uh, this facility, right? Now, you may not like what they said about the facility, but that's, that's not their fault. Maybe you should have cleaned up before they came. Now, we don't know how they got in there. Maybe they used a fake pass. Who knows? But Geo Group is suing them for using their logo in the documentary, um, saying that they're tarnishing their brand. And to, that I say, if you wanted to be remembered fondly, you should have behaved better. Um, <laughs> so if Geo Group wanted to have a, what I mean by that is if Geo Group wanted, um, you know, to get a good, to be shown in a good light, you need to make sure your facility is top notch all the time. You never know when somebody's coming around. This is an industrial complex. This is where people are housed. Families come to visit. Yes, you need to be on your P's and Q's. All right. Yeah, Zephyrina said, right. Okay. All right. So we've had enough of Netflix. Netflix took up most of the show, including my intro. I think we're just going to go till nine tonight. <laughs> um, but uh, our next case, before we move on to our next case, I want to remind you that you're watching NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Uh, if you are starting a business and you don't know where to start uh, and you need some, you know, kind of a legal friend in your ear to just be buzzing in your ears, say, do this, do this, do this. I want you to go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and set yourself up a free 15 minute consultation. I also want you to go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and pick up the free biz launch cheat sheet that is going to help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. Okay. Um, but back to our show. Um, do we have any wrestling fans in the house? If anybody likes wrestling, uh, give me a W in the comments wrestling. I used to watch wrestling when I was little. I used to think it was real. Thank you, Smith Legal Solutions. I used to think wrestling was real, and then I grew up and I realized it wasn't real, and it just lost all its, all, you know, all the mystery. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was once a fan of um, wrestling, and in wrestling, you know, there were these, there were iconic figures: Hulk Hogan, um, Rock, Macho Man Randy Savage. The Undertaker, um, who else? Uh, Rikishi. There was all these people, and there was Ric Flair. High turn fifteen twenty five. Ric Flair, who has had songs written about him by the Migos. Y'all know Ric Flair drip. Um, Zephyrina said, "Once upon a time, I was a fan." Yes. Um, so Ric Flair has been kind of in a, a a back and forth battle with the WWE, 
right? Yes, Ric Flair, Violet Owl Creation said Ric Flair with an exclamation point. Those of you who were fans of Ric Flair, you may know that Ric Flair went by the nickname The Man. Ric Flair was The Man, right? He was real pretty. Um, But we know Ric Flair has not been an active wrestler for some years, though he has used the nickname The Man since 1976. He's been using this nickname The Man since 1976, right? Um, The problem is Ric Flair never trademarked it officially, And then a few years ago, um, another WWE fighter, a woman by the name of Becky Lynch, started using the phrase, the man. And Ric Flair said, hola, 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 hola. There's only one the man in the wrestling world, and that's me. So in 2019, Ric Flair started to apply for a trade an official trademark for the man based on the fact that he had been using the name the man as you know his wrestling persona for, for since 1976 um i guess rick flair said you know what forget this i'm taking the money rick flair has actually sold his trademark rights to the man right after he got them he sold them to the wwe so he got the trademark and sold it for a check so this is um why it's important to secure your brand because if he had not done this um, if he had not done this, uh, you know, the WWE would have continued to use the man, you know, and not paid him homage. But Ric Flair, I think he just wanted the recognition that, yes, I was the man. I still am the man, but WWE, I'ma let you have the man for right now. So D- Ric Flair has sold his trademark rights to the man to WWE. Good for him for getting a check um for it first, okay? Um yes. And um Okay, ooh, next case we have is very interesting. This is the first case I have heard about where a state trademark beat out a federal trademark, guys. Y'all always hear me say, a federal trademark always beats a state trademark. A federal trademark always beats a straight, uh, state trademark. However, industries are changing. And for those of you who are interested in the cannabis industry, there has recently um, been, a, uh, been a decision where a state... Um, where, where a, a trademark, a state trademark was given precedence over a federal trademark. It's totally crazy. Okay. So in Arkansas, there is a company called the Harvest Cannabis Dispensary. Okay. Um, they have a state, they have a state registered trademark for, for the name Harvest. Okay. Um, Now, there is another company called Natural State Wellness Dispensary. They're nationwide, but they're based in Arizona. Yes, it is strange, Zephyrina. They're nationwide, but they're based in Arizona. And they had locations in Arkansas, where Harvest Cannabis Dispensary is located, right? Now, nationwide, this nationwide cannabis company, they put their facilities in Arkansas under the control of companies that were then named Harvest Health and Recreation and Harvest House of Canna and of Newport, okay? They had locations in Little Rock. Now, Natural State has had a trademark for Harvest, but not in uh, not in the cannabis industry. 
Their trademarks for Harvest were in other states and in remote areas and not in Arkansas, um, as well as their federal trademark. So the Arkansas, uh, the people of, uh, or the judge in Arkansas said, look, you might have your little trademark over here in this little town, but over here in Arkansas, you don't have the rights to this, uh, to, to, the, to the name Harvest because it is protected by state trademark. Your federal trademarks have nothing to do with the, with the industry that you are in in this state. So they let the state, the state trademark take precedent. So this is a very interesting case if you are interested in the cannabis industry. Oh, I got your husband's attention. If you're interested in the cannabis industry, I encourage you to look up the case of Harvest Cannabis Dispensary versus Natural State Wellness Dispensary. Renee Plan said, I have registered a work van since finding your channel. Now I have to get the dispatching training. In. Yes! Congratulations, Renee! Renee found me a couple weeks ago and she was thinking about um, starting a dispatching business and since she started, um, you know, watching me, she's already registered her van. I'm so proud of you, girl. Get your paperwork in order. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But back to, uh, back to this case. For those of you who are interested in the cannabis industry, Zephyrina told you congr congratulations, Renee. Go check out the case of Harvest Cannabis Dispensary versus Natural State Wellness Dispensary because it is the first case of its kind where a state trademark has beaten out a federal trademark. I think that's really interesting, okay? Um, okay, yes. So, okay. And our last story of the evening. Are any of you guys into horror horror shows, horror movies. If you're into the horror genre, give me an H. I am not into the horror genre at all. When I tell you, I have not even watched like the first Freddy movie, any of the Chuckies, none of these Michael Myers. Do not play them around me. I will leave the room. Um, I don't do horror, but I know that a lot of people like horror. Since they're 39, you like horror. Okay. Anybody else a horror fan? Um, since you're 39, since Zephyrina likes horror, okay, have any of you guys watched either The Servant, um, which was, it's a show on Apple TV, it is produced by M. Night Shyamalan, or the movie The Truth About Emmanuel? Have, if you have watched either The Servant or The Truth About Emmanuel, either one, give me a one. If you have watched both of them, if you have watched both The Servant and the truth about Emmanuel, give me a two. <clears throat> yes, about the baby, Sincere 39. Nope, nope. Okay, Renee. Yes, Sincere 39, about the baby. So, um, both of these, uh, uh, these, these two, uh, shows, movies, these two pieces of media, they are in our stories tonight because the creators of the truth of, about Emmanuel are, the truth about Emmanuel, you don't have Apple TV, okay. You ain't got a jailbroken fire stick since here. <laughs> um, but the truth, the people who created the truth about Emmanuel are suing Apple TV and M. Night Shyamalan, or they were suing them for um, stealing the concept of their uh, movie or show. Okay. Now, the premises of both of the shows are pretty similar. 
a mom cares for a doll, a doll, um, as a real child, you know, because either she can't have her own or because her child has died and she hires a nanny and then, you know, terror ensues. Um, and the people who created the truth about Emmanuel basically said that, um, M. Night Shyamalan and Apple TV stole their idea of this, you know, mom being attached to a doll. So they sued them for copyright infringement. And the judge said no. Why? Because the judge said this is not, this is not enough to prove copyright infringement. Yes, you have similar concepts, but that happens all the time in movie and TVs. How many, I'm a sci-fi fan, okay? I'm a big sci-fi fan. How many different series have there been about mutants, you know, and fighting the government? How many different series have there been or movies about, you know, aliens coming down to earth? How many, you know, there are only so many concepts under the sun. It's just about how you execute it. So the judge, when they brought this case before the judge, the judge was like, look, yes, they're both about, you know, women caring as dolls, but that's about where the similarities end. Since they're not said plenty, right? You can't trademark an idea. It must be a concrete thing. Now, these scripts may have, you know, the bones may be similar, but when you flesh out the, the, um, the plots, according to the judge, they, they become very different. So when you are talking about, um, uh, Zephyrina said a ton. Yes. So when you are talking about, you know, protecting your ideas, it has to be concrete. It can't just be an idea. Oh, I'm going to write a movie about, about a scary doll. That's not enough. You need an entire script saying, you know, how did mom, you know, lose the baby? How are they acting? What are the things that happen after they get this doll? That is what the details matter. You do, you can't just have a vague idea out here that you are protecting. So this case lets us know that it's not just enough to have an idea. It needs to be solid and concrete and you have to prove beyond, you know, it has to be very apparent to anybody that these two things are too similar. All right. So Yes, so those are the stories that I have for you tonight. I'm, my, my voice is actually going. Um, if y'all missed the intro of the show, please go back and watch it. Um, we had a very nice discussion about, you know, things that are happening. And that's why the show is running long today, because we started a little bit late. But um, those are the stories that I have for you today. Thank you to everybody who showed up. Um, again, I apologize for not being on tomorrow, last night, but I just didn't have it in me, but I'm on for the rest of the week. Um, I hope that you guys have a wonderful evening. Make sure that you go to Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm to book your free 15 minute consultation and get all your goodies that I do. And for those of you, again, I'm going to thank you, Smith Legal Solutions. I appreciate you. Um, and for those of you who, again, if you missed it at the beginning, if you, you know, want to participate in uh, the, you know, in what's going on in terms of, you know, providing aid to people, um, if you want to provide financial aid to George Floyd's family, you can donate to the GoFundMe. It's GoFundMe.com forward slash F forward slash George Floyd. George Floyd, he left behind a little girl who is going to need a lot of help in the future. So if you want to donate to that, you know, that's something that I think would be really helpful. 
as well. Um, if you are in the DC area and you want to donate to the bail bond and emergency aid fund, you can donate via cash app at dollar sign freedom fighters, DC and by Venmo at at sign freedom hyphen fighters, DC. Okay. Um, so those, uh, yeah, so those are the stories and those are the points that I wanted to touch on you. Thank you, Zephyrina. So happy to have you. Thank you, Smith Legal Solutions, for putting those links in the um, in the comments again. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to have a wonderful night. I want you to take care of yourselves no matter what's going on outside. You know, make sure that you make sure that you are taking care of yourself and doing self-care. Um, but also uh, take time to reflect on what's happening now. How can we as a society move forward and be better? How can we as a society show more love to each other? How can we as a society, you know, rebuild and make this a place that is equitable and fair and a place of justice for everyone, okay? Um, and I'm, I don't usually get political on here, but this is an unprecedented time and I cannot not speak about this, okay? So I want you guys to have a wonderful evening. Oh, first time. Thank you, Tur1525. Don't be a stranger. Come on back. So thank you all for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your participation. I appreciate you so much. Have a good night and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.